everybody, and welcome back to the Jamifying This Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 2. So, <clears throat> sorry. Today we are going over Batman Returns, but before we do that, we are going over some movie news, like always. So, first of all, for movie news, the DCEU is actually expected to do very well based off of all of their new titles and new stories that they've come up with. And they have done this by, not by copying Marvel to build a giant storyline and then end it with a big finale, but instead just doing solo films, because that is what DC does best, let's be honest here. You have the Dark Knight trilogy, which focused on just Batman. Um, You have Man of Steel was very good. Uh, Aquaman was good. Wonder Woman was superb. Shazam was also very good. So DC is going to continue doing this by having standalone, which we can see that with um, the Joker coming out, that's standalone, uh, Batman coming out in 2021 is also a standalone. So they're going to keep doing that because they know it's working and that is good news. Um, Next up we have fans are protesting the Mulan movie, which this actually makes a lot of sense, you know, because... They have entirely removed Mulan's love interest from the original film. They have taken away all of the songs in it. And I think, based off of the first trailer, they're just gonna recreate the songs with, like, some lines. Um, and they got rid of the Eddie Murphy dragon character and replaced it with a phoenix. And it's mostly just a war movie, basically, which has gotten a lot of people upset. And, I mean, I never was a fan of the film at all, so I really don't care. But, I mean, I guess it is kind of upsetting that they're doing that. Even for me, someone who doesn't care. And so, uh, I don't know, we'll see how this goes for Disney. They've received a lot of backlash lately from their latest remakes, from basically all of them, because... They, it's such a hard job to please everybody. It's, well, actually, it's impossible to please everybody. There's always going to be someone upset. And, um, everyone's going to have different opinions, you know? Um, I never saw the first Cinderella, to be honest, the remake. But, um, the Jungle Book remake, I liked a lot. Um, Beauty and the Beast, I hated, which a lot of people liked. And the Aladdin remake, I liked. A lot of people didn't like it. Christopher Robin, I thought was okay. A lot of people thought it was, like, the greatest ever. And other people hated it. Um, I also... Oh, uh, Lion King. That I thought it was better than the original. And apparently it's really bad. So everybody has their own opinion, so it's impossible to please everybody. Um, oh, next, the six villains have been confirmed to appear in the Batman 2021 film, which is a little concerning because, I mean, we know how hard it is to balance, I mean, not just to do one villain, because that is hard, but to do, like, but to do six villains. That is a lot, definitely. And so... The total, uh, what's the word? Confirmed villains. So there are six, and 
the people who are confirmed um, are now they're now like they're they're not confirmed. So it's Penguin, Catwoman, uh, Riddler, Two Face, and maybe Firefly and Mad Hatter. So actually, I guess that they're not confirmed, but they are. They are what is believed to be the villain. So, you know, that's not confirmed. But um, based off of the based off of the article by um, we got this covered, they put it together that those are the six villains, which are very iconic. So, and plus, I didn't like how they did the take on Penguin and Catwoman in Batman Returns, which I'll talk about later. But yeah, so those six villains that are not confirmed, but uh, the those villains, um, I'm excited if that is what they actually come up with. That should be pretty cool. Um, also, next, uh, Aiza Gonzalez has been casted as Catwoman for the Batman 2021 film, which is um, pretty interesting, I think. Uh, she should do a pretty good job. I know that she's done a couple of other movies as well. Which she did, I'm pretty sure she did very well in. And, um, yeah, she should be interesting as it. Of course, I'm acting like I know who she is. I don't know who this actor is at all. I haven't seen any of the movies she's been in. But, yeah. So it should be, oh, let's see here. Just looking this up, it says that she's gonna be in the Gorilla vs. or Godzilla vs. Kong. Which, that looks, that sounds cool. Not her being in it, but the movie. Okay, never mind. So, next on the list, we have the James Gunn, who DC has gotten to write Suicide Squad 2 for, I mean, for all we know, uh, he might be jeopardizing the entire Suicide Squad series. Because, I mean, look what Joss Whedon did to Justice League. I believe it's a conspiracy where Joss Whedon ruined Justice League on purpose because he was he was working for Marvel, but then they paid him to ruin it so that they could have a few steps ahead. And that is probably not true now that I think about it. But, um, I don't know. Apparently, uh, Sean Gunn, uh, uh, James Gunn's brother who is in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, who stars in it, Sean Gunn does, he said that the script was amazing for Suicide Squad 2. So either he's just doing that to cover Marvel's back, or, I mean, to make DC think that it's good, to make DC fans think it's good, but then once it comes out, it's terrible, so kind of surprise them, get people to not see it. Or, you know, that actually wouldn't work, because that would actually be uh, drawing people towards the movie. So, I don't know, maybe he is telling the truth, and maybe James Gunn really did a good job. So, that should be interesting. Um, and also, uh, oh yeah, also James Gunn said that, I totally got off track, I don't even think, I, yeah, I didn't finish the last thing I was going to say. So, James Gunn said that um, Batman is supposed to be in Suicide Squad 2. He, is, he has a reported cameo in it. Just like the first one. So that is really cool. So um, so now that it's time, let's go into the movie review. Batman Returns. 
continuing the Batman review of the theatrical releases. We did Batman 1966. Well, we didn't really do it because there wasn't much to say. But we also did Batman 1989, a really big film. Uh, you can go check that out in the first episode. And so today I will review, like I said, Batman Returns. Alright, so how we are now doing movie reviews, which I changed from last week because it did not work well, is I am having 10 categories, I am ranking it, or I am um, giving each category of an aspect of the film 1 out of 10, and then I add it up and I have sort of a, what should be the score of the film, but I had to change it because the things I chose to review the movie based on didn't really, weren't, they weren't the most important parts of the film. So we'll go in order from, for uh, Batman Returns, we have the hero, the villain, action, other characters, the story, the pacing, whether the climax was satisfying enough for all of the build-up, um, the score, and the dialogue, and the acting, and the tone consisting. Consist tone consistency so actually dialogue and acting are together because they both kind of go they, but they both go together pretty well because how the dialogue is spoken or how good the dialogue is depends on the acting and how the acting is depends on how good the dialogue is sometimes because even if you're a great actor the dialogue that you're saying can be terrible so it kind of backfires so um, those are the 10 categories, and um, I found that what ended up being the total for this was not, like the score that it was given was not what I agreed with, but I guess it's close. So, here we go. Let's start off with Hero. So, the hero for Batman Returns is in the title. It is Batman, who returns for this film. So, um, the hero in this film, Batman, I think is overall the same character. Um, I just think that, I don't know, I think he, he's just a little bit weirder in this film, and it's, along with the entire film, really, he is too weird like his whole relationship with selena kyle which again i um kind of to repeat what i said from last week or from the last episode i like the way that they have laid bruce wayne's character slash batman it they make the two characters go together it makes sense that bruce wayne is batman and it makes sense that batman is how bruce wayne is outside of the suit I just, I mean, I understand that it makes sense, but for Batman Returns, I just did not, I thought Bruce Wayne was just really weird with this whole love thing with Selena Kyle that was really weird. I, I just, I didn't like his, where they went with the hero a whole lot. I think Batman is fine as a character of his own. I think it's continued, but I just can't give it as high as I gave the hero last time. So I am giving the hero a 7 this time instead of the, I think it was the 8 or the 9 that I gave the character last time. So, yes. That is it for this, for the hero. And so next, let's go on to the villains. Alright, 
So to go with, or to talk about the villain of, or villains of Batman Returns, uh, this movie focuses on three. Penguin, Catwoman, and Max Shrek. Um, not Mike Myers, contrary to popular belief who is playing Shrek. So for, um, for the last film, I gave the villain, I think it was a five or a six. Just because I thought the Joker was a little too silly. Although he was based off of the comic version itself. I don't think he was a good representation of the comic book villain to screen. I think that this film sort of reversed that to where they should have kind of gone with the... Instead, they... It's just, it's kind of hard to describe, so they went with the very dark versions of these villains. Uh, Max Shrek, I don't think, is part of the comics. He might be, but as for Penguin and Catwoman, they are incredibly dark in this as Selena's backstory and her whole backstory montage is terrifying in its own way. And so is the Penguin with him being just a deformed child who was abandoned. That story is just terrifying, just imagining that being real. Um, but not terrifying in a good way, not dark in a good way, which is a lot of where I stand with this movie. A lot of people like it because it's really dark. I think it's really not dark, but really just disturbing, and there is a difference. Like, uh, The Dark Knight is dark, but, I don't know, I can't really think of any other film to describe disturbing, disturbing except for Batman Returns, uh, the just Selena Kyle slash Catwoman is interesting, yes, but her she's just uh really weird. Her long drawn out gymnastics routines are pretty ridiculous. The penguin is kind he is creepy. Not in a way of where I'm scared of him, just he is pretty disturbing as he's biting people's nose and making all these little grunt noises and who is attracted to Catwoman. And then Max Shrek is just, I i don't really know of anything as him as a character at all. Other than that he's a businessman who doesn't like what he's doing, but then he does like what he's doing for Penguin. So, yeah, I think uh, that the villains in this film are, they, I mean, they went with what I wanted the Joker to be like. Except, uh, I mean, yeah, I, the Joker, actually, yeah, the Joker should be pretty disturbing but Catwoman and the Penguin are, I, I think they would be real-life representations of what Catwoman, based off of her comic book origin, and Penguin, based off of his comic book origin, would be like. If that is based off of his comic book origin. Which, actually, no, 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 it isn't. Because Penguin in the comics is just a person. So, I don't like this version of Penguin at all now, actually. But... Just, I don't know, I, I find this to be really disturbing and too disturbing to where I... I do not like the villains at all in this film. I think they are very strange. I think that they do make up... I think they make the film what it is and make it so dark. But not in a good way, once again. So I gave the villains a 3 out of 10. Sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman fans and Danny DeVito fans. I just did not think that they did... That the villains were very good in this film. I'm sorry. So I gave it a 3 out of 10. 
Alright, so let's go on to the next category, which is action. Alright, so the action for Batman Returns. Um, I overall thought that the action was pretty good for this film. I thought it was good. I, I didn't find it as in what was the word? Joyful. It, I didn't think it... I didn't enjoy it as much as the first film's action. I, you know, once again, playing into the theme, I found the film to be... Uh, a lot of the action was based around the whole dark, disturbing element, and I didn't like that element, so some of the action I didn't like. I didn't like the whole Batwoman... Or not Batwoman, Batman and Catwoman fight. I merged their names together. Uh, just because I thought that was a little strange. You know, the whole Catwoman licking his face part was just so, so weird. And even the end battle wasn't very interesting. It was, it was pretty fun. But I just overall didn't like the, uh, I mean, uh, not didn't like. There were parts I didn't like. But I thought that the action overall was good. I thought that it served the movie its purpose and did a pretty... It did a pretty good job. So, um, I gave the action in this film a, I don't know, should I give it a 6 or a 7? Sure, everybody's screaming at me to give it a 10 for all of you Batman Returns fans. Uh, I'll give the, I'll give it a 7. I think the action was pretty good. Even though a lot of the characters involved in it I didn't like at all or anything. I'd, I'd give it a 7. The action itself was pretty good in this movie. So now moving on to the other characters portion. This is, um, this is just mostly characters that are not the hero or the villain. And these aren't little characters like the Ice Princess. These are characters that are, you know, helping the main character along the way or, you know, stuff like that. Characters like that, I mean. Alright, so the other characters portion of this film is very small. You really only have uh, Alfred, and that is pretty much it. The other characters that are involved are really just characters that are the kind of cause plot points. And so there really aren't any other characters, you know, besides Alfred that are main characters, but not the hero or the villain because really those four hero villain characters are the only ones that you get so you know alfred uh i thought alfred was since he's the only one i could think of as another character and who i know of as another character when i'm reading through the cast list i think alfred was good in this movie you know he was alfred but because there are really no other characters and i think that there should be I think that the other character portion of this film is not strong, so I gave it a 4 just because there really aren't any other characters besides the hero and the villain, which I think that there should be. So moving on to the next portion of this review is the story. So the story for Batman Returns is really where I do not like the movie really at all that much 
just because it's all about politics and that's the same problem the Phantom Menace had, you know, who wants to see a film all about politics? Really, no one does. And just the story with the whole Batman, Selena Kyle thing, I think was a nice risk, but I just didn't think it was, even though it was a risk, I don't think it was a good one. And just the entire story, I found myself getting bored, and I found myself, you know, not enjoying the film I was watching because the film wasn't, in, the story wasn't intriguing. And I definitely think that uh, I've read some of the other ideas they had, and I think they, although they are a little silly and not the best, I think some of the main story changes uh, are better than what we got. Uh, all of the stuff about what Catwoman was, uh, like, not, uh, I don't want, like, characters like Catwoman or the Penguin to change because I really don't know if they should have been in this at all. Um, I would have liked a sequel for Batman that was more, um, I don't know, it was, like, a sequel that was just more fun and not more dark that made the Batman and Forever film so awkward. I I think that they should have made it just less disconnected from Batman because, uh, which I'll say in the five fun facts, the only way they got Michael Keaton to get onto the movie was to convince him that it was a standalone film in its own way. And I just, I, I don't like that entirely. Uh, it works for some films, like The Dark Knight, but for others it doesn't. And I think Batman Returns is one of them where it just should have been more connected to Batman. You know, some of the ideas that they had, that the team had, was to have an alternate ending, or an alternate, like, or the alternate story was going to be like, sort of going more into Joker's backstory, which I think would have worked uh, better than what we got, again. Because I was not a huge fan of the story. I really did not like it at all. So... I gave the story overall a 3. Alright, next up is the pacing. So the pacing of this movie is where I think it does a pretty good job. I think the order of the story that it goes in you know I you know I don't like the story but I think the order that it went in was good I think they did very well with that aspect I think pacing they did a very good job with um how they introduced characters and all of that I think they did a good job with that with the pacing of the story with um not making not starting the film off with crazy big and then being really boring for a while and then getting pretty exciting and like sort of like the uh what bumblebee had where it started off really interesting and then it went a while without uh having any action which not to say that that movie didn't have good pacing because it had pretty good pacing but uh that's i'm getting off topic uh batman returns did a good job with the pacing i will say that they did a good job with that and so I gave it an 8 out of 10. So next up we have on the list the climax or whether the climax was satisfying enough and how satisfying it was 
from a scale of 1 to 10. So whether the, or how satisfying I should say, the climax of the film was, um, I thought that the film ended quite uh, abruptly with the climax, or at least how Batman defeated all the villains. I thought that the build-up to the climax was good, uh, which I said earlier in the pacing, which I kind of hinted at. I think the build-up to it was good. I just don't think that the climax itself was very exciting. They killed off both villains, um, I think. Yeah, they killed off both villains except for Catwoman, which they showed her at the end as standing on top of a building with the bat signal behind her showing that she still had one life left. Uh, I just didn't find the climax... I found it pretty small, which can sometimes be okay, but I didn't find that to be okay in this case. Uh, although I did think that the end thing with uh, with the suicide bombs, that I thought that that fly, with Batman flying around with the Batwing, I thought that that was uh, fun. I thought that was good. So uh, overall, I gave the climax a 5. I thought that it was definitely not as good as it could have been, but it was okay. So next up, we have the score for the film. So the score, or uh, not to confuse it with the final grade or percentage of the film, the score is the background music, for those of you who don't know. Um, the score for this film, I also thought was just okay. I didn't like the whole opera feel of it. Um... There were just a lot of things I did not... I, I just thought some of the sounds were weird and different from... A little disturbing, different from the first Batman, which I know that the entire film was. You know, that's the theme that's been long in this review in the movie, is that it was all disturbingly different. Uh, and so... There were a lot of just disturbing things, and... Uh, well, in the film, but in the score itself, I'm getting a little off track. The score itself was, it had some weird parts in it. Uh, I thought it was okay. A lot of the, I like how it uh, mirrored some of it from the first film. I did like that. But um, overall, I gave the score a, I gave it a five because I thought it was okay. Or actually, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six. I thought the score was a six. It was pretty good. So, yeah. There were also some parts I didn't like about it, but, you know, what can you do? So the next part is the dialogue slash acting slash character interaction, and those all go together into one category. So the uh, dialogue or and uh, acting and character interaction, um, I all thought was, once again, uh, subpar. Uh, the dialogue was, uh, the writing, the script was fine. There were just some dumb lines I thought were in it, like the whole, I am Catwoman, hear me roar. I thought that line was just a little bit over the top. Uh, I know a lot of people like it, but I'm sorry, I didn't, I thought some of the acting was over the top, and I didn't really like it that much, which a lot of it comes from... Danny DeVito's Penguin and the Catwoman, which I realize that's how they were written, which is part of the problem, but they overacted 
what was already overdone for the characters. Um, the character interaction, and this goes into how the characters interact with each other, the romances, all that kind of stuff. I thought was just weird with the whole penguin attracted to Catwoman, like I said earlier. I did not like that at all. I did not like the Batman-Catwoman romance. I thought that was freaky. It fit with our characters, yeah, but did we really need it? No, we definitely did not need it. Especially after Vicki Vale was so important, they could have brought her back. They should have brought her back. If you're gonna have Catwoman be brought up, uh, be brought up abruptly, at least have it because the other love interest that they built up in the last film died or something, which they should have made her die which was the original plan for the script in Batman 1989, but it changed, but it would have been better. So I gave the dialogue, acting, character interaction, all of that, I gave it a five just because I thought that some of it was okay, but other parts of it weren't. And I just, I, I don't know. It was not as good as it could have been, not as good as it was in the last film for sure. Uh, next up, we have the last one, which is the tone consistency, and this is where the film shines. Alright, so the tone consistency. This is where the uh, film shines. I don't like how. It is technically in a good way, but I don't think it is a good way. So the tone consistency overall is just about perfect. I would have made it a perfect but there are just some goofy parts in it. Just There's like one or two parts that made me have to bump it down to a 9. Just because it was just a little... And because there were some parts that were too weird to be considered dark. Uh, so, yeah, I gave it a 9 because the tone consistency was perfect in this movie. They kept it disturbing and strange and dark the entire time. So, uh, yeah, I thought that, um, that was just great, which it is a good part that they did not have campy Batman half of the film, dark Batman the other half, which, um, you know, to go into the tone consistency, I think that they should have gone with dark instead of dark and disturbing, because I just think that the, that the dark part of it is... It plays into the disturbing. Or the... Uh, I mean, the, they both work with each other. But I just didn't like where they went with the tone of this one. You know, dark is fine, like I've been saying. But the disturbing part of it, it was too disturbing to enjoy for me. So, uh, but yeah, I gave the tone consistency a 9. And with that said, we'll go into my final thoughts. So, the overall score of this film, I did not entirely agree with. It was a 58, which is just too close to the first Batman film, you know, which I, I gave it like a 70 or a low, low 70s range, I think, like a 72 or a 73. It was, it was, it was good. But this film, I, it was just so incredibly weird. I... Uh, you know, whenever I had been done watching the movie, I just felt weird and icky. I, I just didn't, I did not like how I felt after I watched the movie. I didn't like 
how I felt during watching the movie. I just didn't like the movie. So, although it technically I gave it a 5.8, I don't really count the score. I don't really count a score to be, or the background music to really play in to the film. Or really, in this case, I don't find the dark and disturbing tone to make it any better. Unlike The Dark Knight, you know, the tone consistency makes it a really good film. In this case, I don't think it is. So I would give the film overall, I think, a 3.5 or a 4 or 35%, 40%. I did not like the movie. To all of you fans out there, I can, I guess I can maybe understand why it would be your favorite Batman movie. A lot of people think it is the best one. I can maybe understand why even reading all of the reasons, like the performances were great or whatever, I just can't be on board with that. I just don't think that the film was that great. So, you know, once again, it is my opinion. It's not yours. You can you can like the film, and that is fine. Uh, even if I don't know how you like it, you can, it's, it is, again, it is fine to like this movie. Um... It is just my opinion, how I think of it. How I think of it isn't how everybody else has to think of it. So, yeah, overall, I did not like this movie. Oh, you heard that sound. That means it is time for five fun facts. So, number one, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman suit had to be vacuum sealed. Um, she had to be vacuum sealed into her costume. And she could only be in it for just a few minutes before she got uncomfortable. Also, she couldn't hear herself in it. And she found herself inadvertently yelling her lines. Because she couldn't hear anything because the suit was so tight. Number two. Almost all of the merchandise for the film stopped. McDonald's didn't make anything for it. Uh, a lot of the original merchandise people for the first film didn't want to do it for the second one because it was so dark and they didn't agree with um, how dark it was and to make that movie, to make kids toys for that movie. Number three, um, Michael Keaton was reluctant to join the film. He didn't want to, which I mentioned this earlier, but Tim Burton gave him $11 million and was like, hey, look man, ignore the check. This film is a, uh, it's a standalone film because it relies not at all on the first film. So it's basically just another Batman standalone film. But it happens to have you in it. So that convinced Michael Keaton to be in it. And uh, funny, uh, Keaton never even saw Batman Returns reportedly. He hasn't seen it to this day. Um, number four, Tim Burton only cast Christopher Walken as Max Shrek because... Tim Burton says that Christopher Walken scares the heck out of him, quote unquote. Uh, of course, he didn't actually use the word heck. I'm just not going to use the word H-U double hockey sticks. Um, and number five, Dolby Digital Tech. Uh, this was the first movie to have it, which I think is pretty interesting. That Batman Returns was the first film to have the Dolby Digital Technology. So next up, we are doing an upcoming movie slash TV show thoughts. So um, an upcoming movie is, you know, not along with the uh, DC theme, is The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. So um, this film, I 
am incredibly excited for uh you know the only one trailer has been dropped for it but that enough is making me so excited for it um jj abrams is the director for it which he did a great job with the force awakens and ryan johnson did okay and so jj abrams is hoping to steer the franchise back or steer the trilogy back to how he originally had envisioned it which I think that The Last Jedi would have gone a lot differently if J.J. Abrams hadn't been, or if J.J. Abrams had been the director and if Ryan Johnson hadn't. Which, I don't know why they had to give Ryan Johnson the trilogy after The Last Jedi. I feel like they should have given it, I mean, I understand they had to see what he was capable of, but I just wish that J.J. Abrams could have done The Last Jedi how he wanted, could have answered some of the Knights of Ren question, uh, could have answered Ray's parents' mystery more clearly, not just saying that she doesn't really have parents, you know, because that would let everybody down, even though we all know it has got to be Luke or Obi-Wan or one of them, we know. They're really, they couldn't really throw a name out there that could surprise us, or at least it's not likely. They could, of course, but it's just not likely. And, um... You know, The Rise of Skywalker also has The Emperor coming back, which I think will be a, uh, that's what, that's what a lot of the story or a lot of the fans are focusing on, but I personally think it may be a distraction for the real villain, who might be Snoke, coming back from the dead, because the Emperor literally says no one's ever really gone and, of course, I guess that could mean Luke because he is a Force ghost, but I don't think the Emperor would be saying anything about that. So, I mean, he could be t talking about himself as well, the Emperor could. But I see it as a misdirection because Snoke is coming back, and the Emperor knows it. And I think that Snoke will come out at the end, and then there will be a Jedi ghost, Sith ghost battle of, like, the spirit thingies. And I think that could be amazing. And I'm excited to see J.J. Abrams do what he had envisioned to end it how he envisioned. Um, of course, it's a little skewed because uh, a director did the middle of it. But um, I think that it should be really, really good. I have faith in J.J. Abrams. He has such good films, you know, from, like I said, The Force Awakens to the Star Trek trilogy to Mission Impossible 3, which is commonly hated, but I love that movie so much. So, The Rise of Skywalker is sort of picking up what The Last Jedi should have done, and has to cover that ground, and also cover the ground of being its own movie. So it will be a little bit difficult, but I have faith in J.J. Abrams. He will definitely do a very good job. Which, I guess also I could talk about how The Last Jedi... The first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that is better than the original, uh, better than The Force Awakens. That is awesome. That's better than Empire Strikes Back. Best Star Wars film ever. Then the more I watch it, the more I'm disappointed that, um, one of the, one of the ideas that my dad actually had for how the movie was going to go was that Rey would turn evil and Kylo Ren would end up turning good. Which I think would have been a lot more interesting. It would have changed everything for the Star Wars trilogy and the Star Wars franchise itself. 
And although I am extremely excited to see how angry Kylo gets and how he'll act on that and how awesome and bad butt Rey will become, I think that would have been a very interesting thing to do and I think that would have changed the entire scope which Ryan Johnson really just repeated what had happened even though he did make some changes having Luke die which I'm sure JJ was gonna do anyway but I also wish that The Last Jedi had a more epic Luke death uh, Luke death which I know he had some very cool recreation you know with Kylo saying everything he just said is wrong I like the part whenever they all shoot at him and then he you know brushes his shoulder like it was nothing because he's invincible because he's not even there but I think it would have been cooler if he was real and he was there. And he just demolished a bunch of stormtroopers. He fought Kylo off. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe they planted a bomb on that ice planet to destroy all that was left of the Resistance. And maybe Luke stayed back to protect them while they went away. So he sacrificed himself in an epic way. That might have been a little bit better. But, I mean, I think what they did was fine with Luke. It's just, um, you know, I, I wish they had done a little bit more with changing everything. Because, I mean, can you imagine seeing Rey and Luke actually fight? Not the little Batman versus Superman tussle that they have where they kind of push each other a little. But the actual, like an actual fight, that would have been amazing to see old Luke coming back with, you know, Sith Rey. That would have been amazing. And uh, instead they just repeated what the other films have done, which I think is fine. I mean, you know, you can't please everybody's, you can't please everybody. You can't make everybody's theories come true. It's impossible. And I liked The Last Jedi. I still think it is a pretty good, it's a pretty good Star Wars film. It is. It's just the more I watch it, the more I'm a little disappointed that they didn't change a whole lot. They were really in the same spot except for the fact that the... The Resistance is an, an entirely... Like, the Resistance is a lot smaller. That's really all that happened. But I'm also interested to see how the Rise of Skywalker deals with Leia. That should be interesting to see how they get Carrie Fisher under there. I think they got her reshoots. I think, or I think that they got her for the Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if they did or not. If they didn't. They'll probably just use some CGI or something like they did for Tarkin or Leia, which wasn't the best CGI, but it was good enough to where you, at first, at least for the few first few seconds you saw them, you were like, oh, that's them. But then you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because they're, they're not alive anymore. So, yeah. So I'm kind of rambling on, but I think that the Rise of Skywalker should be awesome. I'm not as big of a fan of Star Wars as uh, Marvel. The idea of Star Wars, I'm a huge fan of. Just how it's been recently, it's been not the best with Solo, you know. But I, I think J.J. can definitely turn around The Rise of Skywalker, make it an amazing ending, and I, I'm very excited for the film. I think it'll do very well. I think it could beat out The Force Awakens. Uh, that box office record, that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. So, for the middle of time, I think the movie will be very, very good. Oh, you heard that sound. That means it is time for the quote of the day. Today's quote of the day is brought to us by Christopher Nolan. And his quote is, keep trying to do great work. 
I think this is a very simple quote, but I think it is a very great work. Not just do great work, but it is keep trying to do great work. Not even keep doing great work. Keep trying to do great work. Every word is just good for this quote. It is great. Um, you know, it's just telling you that you should, no matter what, you should keep on trying to do great work. You, you can't really describe it without just repeating it. But it, it is a true message about life. You should always keep trying to do your best. Keep trying to do great work. And, uh, yes, that is it for the quote of the day. So think about that. Uh, Christopher Nolan, keep trying to do great work. Just think about that before the next episode's uh, quote of the day. Alright, guys, that is it for this episode. So today I reviewed, um, well, t first I gave some uh, movie news. Then I reviewed Batman Returns. I decided on giving it a 39%. Um, I, I, to all the fans of Batman Returns, I am sorry. I, I just do not like the film. It left me feeling icky. I just felt disturbed for the rest of the day. I didn't, that movie, I didn't like it very much. It wasn't where it was dark, but at the end I was like, man, that was a beautifully crafted movie. I just didn't see it as that. I just saw it as weird. And an excuse for Tim Burton to do his classic weird stuff. And um, I gave my, uh, I gave the five fun facts, which I hope you thought were interesting. I gave my thoughts on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was going, and I still think, is going to be amazing. Maybe the best Star Wars film yet, who knows. The trailer certainly, or certainly predicts shows that it will be from that Ray TIE fighter scene that should be amazing just all of it looks amazing and uh yes yeah, so that is it for the day and I gave uh Christopher Nolan's quote keep trying to do great work a great quote simple but true so that is it for today and I will see you guys later make sure to check out the next episode which um I don't know if I'll be able to do anymore because I'm on vacation right now and uh I just kind of might want to get some peace but yeah i hope you enjoyed getting this so i'll try to do my next episode monday we'll see how it goes see you guys later